0: Alright, altruism. People helping each other out just out of the kindness of their hearts. Common with charities, some religious practices, where people, groups of people or individuals, give and expect nothing in return. It's really nice to think about it. These acts of kindness they get talked about with fondness because they're feel good story. They're a feel good story because they are the exception, not the norm. Helping each other out out of the kindness of our hearts, you know, it's nice to think about, but that's not the way human nature works. That's not how most of us works. Most of us we help each other out, we form these alliances because we see some sort of gain there we can obtain by interacting with this other person. It's a cousin of the survival mechanism where we are assisting this other person because we are, see some gain there to be had. And that other person, they are helping you because they see some benefit in having this relationship with you. Of course, on the flip side of the coin, on the other side, this is this feeling is mutual. Most of us, we do things for other people because we see some sort of gain to be had by helping this other person. Say, for example, who can you help? You help a, say, you help a friend in their job search. You know, you help them because they're friend. Your friend, yes oftentimes you're trying to build that relationship so maybe sometime in the future if you need your friend's help you can go ahead and ask them for their help later on you've built up some let's call it equity it's not an exact science but again reciprocation which I've talked about previously videos where you do things for other people because they did something for you, that comes into play even when you're helping people that you know. This concept of helping other people in exchange for something in return, in Latin it's coined quid pro quo, and quid pro quo to be translated into quite plain English terms is, I scratch your back, you scratch my back. Basically, how it works. You are helping this other person because you want their help in return. The most common form of this return of assistance is an economic transaction. There's a transaction between goods and services where if you help this other person, you're going to receive something. something concrete back, whether it's a product or some sort of professional assistance, this specialized skill set that they can lend to you. Of course, this spills into the political and social realm as well. Sometimes we want to help people because the other person, they know some person, for example, they know some person that we want to know, have some sort of business contact or a social contact where if we knew this third party would open doors and by helping this other party we would gain access to this third party that will broaden our opportunities that is yet another reason why people want to help each other out of course this me versus you this is not a confrontation this is it's a trade again between good services connections Other things as well, which, but these three things good services and connections they are the most common types. Basically, this interaction, this bit pro quo, it's sort of like an unwritten contract where people, two parties normally, have an agreement of what they're going to bring to the table, how much each party, each side is going to contribute. And whenever Things fall apart whenever there's a disagreement on who should be contrib- contributing what. Oftentimes, it's because there is a disagreement between how much each person or each party is going to contribute. It's the other person that's supposed to bring more to the table, to put in more effort, bring in another product to offer me while I offer the same amount of what I'm going to do or less. That's the general premise of the disagreement. There's a... this harmony between what each side thinks should be put on the table. whenever deals fall apart, whenever they do, that's the reason why, it's because there's disagreement. Whenever during that process of negotiating what is supposed to be on that table, and there's a long silence, well, it's been said by negotiators that whenever there's a negotiation and there's a long pause, as in there's no words being spoken, whoever speaks first loses, and the reasoning behind that is because. Whoever initiates, reinitiates the conversation after a long pause, they see some sort of benefit for themselves. Again, they see some sort of benefit for themselves to continue this conversation, which may lead to an agreement, which leads to opportunities or benefits to them. Conversation, agreement, benefit. That's basically how it works. And this person that continues this conversation after a long pause, they see something in it for themselves. They want something. They want this agreement between these two people more than the other party. They need this alliance more. Another way can put that is, this person is, they're more desperate in getting what they want out of this conversation. And when you are the person that is more needing of this relationship, it makes you more malleable. Now the other person sees that, they can perhaps take off some of their contributions off the table or demand more from you, because they know that you really want to make this work. It makes you more able to be manipulated, you are going to be on a position of weakness. In order to be in a position of strength when interacting with people, it pays off to be less desperate than the other person, to need this relationship less than the other person. And very briefly, how do you do that? How do you need a relationship less than the other person? Well, to put it quite plainly. It's to have different options. You know other people that you can work with. You don't have to work with this person. You don't have to work with this person less than they need to work with you. Basically, in a few sentences, that's how you become less desperate. And in turn, it puts you in the strength to get what you want to open up your horizons.